I'm excited for this morning. My name is Pierre, for those of you who's visiting. And today is our just one Sunday send out moment. Um, if you have been here for the past year, you would know earlier this year we had a just one Sunday where we as a church have gone into our communities on a Sunday morning and a Sunday afternoon. Instead of gathering together as the body, as the church, we went into the community to share the love of Jesus. And next week, Sunday, is that opportunity again. The second time this year, we're going to have just one Sunday. This morning is all geared towards, as we conclude our Priest and Exile series, it's all geared towards setting you up, getting you ready, preparing you as good as we possibly can for not just the moment of next Sunday, but we believe a movement that God wants to stir in the life of us, His church, that we constantly look for opportunities to testify of this living hope. Um, now, for those of you who know me, um, this is a new thing, using rugby analogies in my sermons. Um, but I did watch the last few minutes of the match yesterday. <laughs> Ouch. And um, for some of us, it felt like the last few hours. But you know what? I just thought about that. We had that hope at 75 minutes. But the hope was taken away in the last two minutes, right? That's never like that with Jesus. There's a living stream of hope always at all times ready and available for us. And that is what we are taking and representing in the world out there. So this morning as we converse around this idea, I want you to, to get excited. And I want to read to you again this scripture that we have been studying over the past few weeks. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you, each one of you sitting here this morning, every single one of us, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare his excellencies of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once before you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Each one of us are called to be that living hope to the world out there. We started the first week, three weeks ago, talking about the sacred and secular, how in our South Africanism, we separate our worlds. Then we holy, and then we just normal and real. We, according to the Bible, those worlds never separate. Wherever we are, we are the living hope of Jesus to this world. Then we spoke about calling and career and understanding that each one of us has got the same call corporately to proclaim his excellencies but within that, there's a specific call and a career that God has chosen for us as our platform to do that. Last week, Pete did a phenomenal job talking about witnessing in your workplace. You see the alliterations there. Sacred, secular, calling, career, witness, work. We're making it easy for you. Um, of how your, we, we, we present what we do as the main thing, but there's a next level, and that's being a husband or a father or a son or a daughter or a mom, or whatever it is, but there's even a deeper step of we represent ourselves as children of the Most High God. And that's what it is to witness in your workplace. And this morning we're going to talk about everyday evangelism. How do we, you see another alliteration, making it easy. How do we take this gospel message to our everyday world? But now I want to invite some friends to come and join me. Dave and Lindy, let's give them a hand as they come up. I'm very excited for this morning. I thought that, uh, you know what, we can do a whole sermon on evangelism, but we'd rather want to have a conversation around it. Um, we can speak and preach on evangelism, but, you know, for many of us, when you, we hear the word evangelism, there's a big wall that comes up. 
And some of us who might have been a Christian for a long time, we were like, I don't have the gift of evangelism. And this morning we hope to bring to your heart that evangelism is what all of, all of us do all the time by proclaiming His excellencies in our everyday walk. And as we prepare for next week, but not just for next week, for a movement of evangelism from this house, um, we've asked these two amazing people to help us. Now, in Every Nation Sounds of West, we've got six values that guide everything we do. And one of those values are evangelism. And Dave and Lindy uh, are the guardians of the value of evangelism. The reason Dave is that guardian on a full-time scale and Lindy by his side is because Dave shares the gospel to approximately five people every day and all of them get saved. Right, Dave? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lord, I'm lying. So why not let him? No, that's a joke. <laughs> I think the moment you'd like, okay, Dave, so Dave leads evangelism. He's got it all figured out. I mean, he, he, just, he probably just does it the whole time. And here's the thing that you're going to hear in them sharing this one. They're going to be very real at it is difficult sometimes. It doesn't come as natural as we would like it to be. Sometimes you get a deep rejection, but it's worthwhile. And this morning, I want you to see the names or the empty cards behind us. If you've been here for, for longer than a couple of months, you know that we've got two boards, one with names, and as people get saved, we move them to the cross. But we've put, as a, as a prophetic act this morning, some empty little cards behind the cross, and our goal is that when we come back here in three weeks' time, that it'll be names on these empty cards. That's what it's all about. That's the reason why we do and where we say just one conversation, just one Sunday morning, just take one moment and just take one deep breath and just for once lay down comfort and engage people with Jesus. So Dave, I've said enough. Um, I'll ask the guy who saves five people a day, every single day. Dave, how would you describe evangelism to us this morning? Um, well, thank you for asking, Pierre. Um, <laughs> I, I, I made some notes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, evangelism is simply connecting with people uh, with the intention of connecting them with God. So it's connecting with people and just getting through that, connecting them with God. Yeah. Great. Is that it? There's nothing more to it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, speak a bit more, that's what you're saying. Um, uh, no, no, I'm just saying, is, is it that simple? No, no, well, I mean, in a sense it is. I mean, it really, it, it is that simple. It's, it's, it's connecting with people and living our lives in a way that influence others. Um, and whether that's done intentionally or unintentionally, the way we live our lives impact other people. Um, and, yeah, we, we, you know, I, wherever you are, you're, you're influencing people whether you realize it or not. Um, and for me, yeah, that's the heart of evangelism is really just connecting with people uh, with the intention that they're going to get connected eventually to God. Yeah. Simple as that. I love Romans 10. It says, how then can they call on the one in whom they have not believed in? Speaking about Jesus. And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them, proclaiming these excellencies? It's a, it's a verb. It's an action word. And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And that's all of you. You've got, according to the Bible, beautiful feet. 
uh, don't take off your shoes and have a look at him because some of us, we don't have, I'm for sure one, I'm, I'm called Tarzan Tuna by some of my family members. Um, in English, that's Tarzan Toes. Um, and I won't tell you the whole story why, but Jesus says, the Bible says, and Paul says, listen, it's beautiful when you take your feet to proclaim his excellencies to the world. Because how will they hear those who are far off from God unless you go and do it? And, um, and be inspired that it's as simple as the way you live is an opportunity to exclaim and proclaim his excellencies. Now, Dave, you say that evangelism is sharing the love of God. What is the best way we share the love of God with others? Well, you know, in terms of sharing the love of God, um, you can obviously try and be nice to people and, and represent uh, God to people. And I think, you know, as Christians, we try and do that. We try and represent the Father. Um, but ultimately, I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, by sharing the gospel, we're introducing them to God himself and giving them the chance to have a relationship with him. So I think ultimately, you know, in our everyday lives, we try and represent God's love. But the biggest act of love is really sharing the gospel so they can connect with God and, and get to know God truly themselves. So any other means or any other way that we share the gospel, whether it's buying someone a meal or praying for them, trusting God for healing, sharing a word of encouragement, yeah. is that, that's not the end, that's just the means to the gospel. No, I think it's, it's the means to the gospel. Um, you know, if, if you look at it, I mean, I think ultimately there's so many needs in the world. People have, um, you know, there's so many desperate needs. And oftentimes, you know, we see it. There's a lack. Uh, people have so many needs. There's so many emotional hurts. Um, but whether they realize it or not, the ultimate need that everyone has at the end of the day is to be in right standing with God and to be in right relationship with Him. Um, and I remember for, you know, just... Before I was a Christian, you know, trying to went through a stage where I didn't really believe in anything, and I was trying to, you know, just do good to people. But I realized there's there's some need in the human heart that is so much deeper. Uh, the fallenness of man. There's man needs a new heart, and only a, a relationship with God, only receiving the gospel, can actually do that with people. And I think a lot of the time people don't realize, and it doesn't mean we ignore the immediate need, but we need to be aware of of the very real, most important spiritual need that people have. And I think that's, that's really the heart of sharing the gospel and doing everything to, to get people to respond to it. Yeah. How would you des describe the, the gospel to us if you had to just put it in a statement or in a few words? Um, well, essentially the gospel is that God, absolutely, God created us, he loves us, he adores us, but our relationship with God is broken. And this is because of, of the first man God, uh, God created, but also because of our own sin. And we can try whatever we want to. We can do whatever religious activity, whatever good deeds. We can never repair the gap. But God wants us to desperately be with him. So he sent his son to die for us. And if we receive him as our savior, um, we can be restored in our relationship with God and spend eternity with him. And that's really the heart of the, of the gospel. It's amazing. So I want you to hear this this morning. The finish line is to get to that point where you share this gospel message of Jesus. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he is the son of God and offering the gift of salvation, forgiveness of sins, 
and eternal life for all who repent and believe. That's always the message of evangelism. It's always the, the finish line that we aim for. Sometimes we walk the journey and we might share a prophetic word with someone or they, they might, you might pray for them and they get healed or you might take them a meal or invite them to your home and the finish line isn't there yet. But we sometimes call it the finish line. Like I prayed for them, they didn't get healed or they didn't take that word too well. Or Always aim to get to that point uh, where you get to the heart of man. Because that's what Jesus and the Father is after, is our hearts and captivating it and changing it. When that changes, all the circumstances around us change. And it's so important that we as a community know that when we talk about everyday evangelism, it's simply to share the gospel message of Jesus, that he lived the life we should have lived, he died the death we should have died, and because of the cross that we lift high in our lives, we now can have eternal life, forgiveness of sins, and right standing with God. I love that Dave said that. It's about that right standing in your heart before God. Now, Lindy, you're, a, you're quite a, a mover and a shaker. You like the, the action part to all of this. Um, We've identified that the finish line is sharing this gospel message, but there's so much that we can do practically to get people to that point. How do you, how do, you do it, and how do you see that? Um, what Dave said. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're not, we're not all Pierre and Dave, and, and I believe that God's made us all different. And um, I think an important part of sharing the gospel is playing to your strengths, and one of the things that I uh, heavily rely on is, is the prophetic ministry and sharing words of knowledge. And that always helps me to, to open up people's hearts. You know? So first of all, I start with listening to the Holy Spirit. And then I step out. Um, we also have a, you've all heard of the salt, salt method, um, a way to reach people. So with the salt method, we used to start a conversation you ask questions, you listen to a person, you listen to the Holy Spirit, and the T, meaning tell your, tell your story or tell your testimony. Um, often, I find we can sometimes, we can get a bit caught up in our testimony, and sometimes we, obviously, we, we're overexcited, um, but just be aware when you're speaking to people, uh, not to lose them somewhere. Um, I also think with the salt method, what, what I find interesting, you know, it's, it's always about, about finding a connection point. That's what evangelism is all about. It's finding that connection point, listening to the Holy Spirit, and stepping out. So, you know, you think about the salt method, but sometimes, you know, the, the, the person actually starts the conversation for you, or they start asking questions, and, you know, God is in that process. So... Um, not to get caught up in, in all the processes, but it's, it's easy to remember if you use something like a salt method. Um, yeah. Tell them about the dogs. <laughs> no, I wanted to. So, <laughs> not the dogs. So yet. we'll get to the dogs in a minute. Um, it's as simple as how do we do it? So we, need, no, we know what we do is we share the gospel. How do we do it? So next week when you're out there, just to start a conversation. You might have someone standing on the side listening to the music or looking at why there are people walking around touching other people in the street. Yeah. That's a great opportunity. Like, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm Dave. I'm from here, this, that. Yeah. Um, how are you? Where are you off to today? It's a beautiful day. Just not natural stuff. Yes. And then you go through the process. So this process is so easy to help us get to the point where we actually tell them the gospel message of Jesus. Now, what's amazing about Lindy is her biggest connection to people is dogs <laughs> or our dogs. Get my Afrikaans sorted out here. 
When we were in Europe, um, I think she cuddled dogs more than she cuddled Dave in the 10 days that we were with them. So we, Dave needs some, some counseling afterwards. Um, we would walk the streets of Bremen, and the next moment, Dave and Lindy is gone. And it didn't happen once, it happened multiple times. Because every time she sees a dog, she just, she guns for the dogs and she hugs and cuddles. And the people in Europe are very like, yeah, you can give my dog a cuddle. So from big dogs, small dogs. But what I love about Lindy, she uses that passion she has for animals to start a conversation. She never just cuddled the dogs. She always used it as a means to ask a question, to listen to that person and the Holy Spirit, and then to tell them, right? And the dogs are sometimes friendlier than the people, so it makes it easier. <laughs> you see, soft target. <laughs> you might be in the mood for a coffee next week, Sunday. When you buy that coffee from the barista, ask a question. You see, it's as simple as that. It's being available like that. Now, you've mentioned dogs. dogs. You've mentioned spiritual gifts, and specifically for you, prophecy gifts of knowledge and wisdom. What, what other practical ways are there for us to start conversations with people? Um, Dave? <laughs> what other practical ways would you say? Uh, I, I think, for me, the, the main thing, we've, we've, you've hit it on the head already, but just, just being natural. Being natural and being yourself is one of the most important things. Um, I think you can use anything. You can use anything to start a conversation, but I, I find for myself, actually, that mostly where I'm most effective, people start a conversation with me. It's like there's a, there's a grace already there. And to flow in that grace, it's, it's there already. You know, wait, it's like, it's like God saying, with a person starting a conversation with you, whether it is speaking about your shoes or your just one t-shirt or whatever, you just know that God is in it. And that there, immediately there's a, there's a grace there to minister. So it's almost like, you know, waiting for God just to open up that door. It's wide open. Great. Now you walk through it. I mean, there's so many practical things. The team that's just come back from Eastern Cape, can we just give God a hand for them, bringing them back safely? I mean, I'm hearing, Anthony, how many salvations did you guys see this week? Approximately? Around 100 people meeting Jesus in the Eastern Cape. They had a massive baptism service on Friday, baptizing these people. Uh, we're hoping to establish a more established work and church there. We're going to have meetings about that this week already. Um, but they used something as simple as a talent show to reach people with the gospel message. So every night, Adelaide's, Adelaide's got talent. People were dancing, singing, clapping, cheering. And they used that to connect and engage, start a conversation, ask questions, listen, and then tell them about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? In Europe, when we went, Eliana, Brian, and Danica would make music, and people would stand and listen to the music, and that's a point of conversation. Hey, do you know these guys are actually from South Africa? Whoa, really? Yes. There's the conversation. See, I like that. Act natural. Just, it's not the, I've got something, a little bookie or a traktaiki, and I'm like waiting and like, hey, can I introduce you? Like, no, no, none of that. Just, just act natural. Pay for someone's dinner at the restaurant. And if they go, ooh, that's crazy, like that man, and when they come and thank you, say, you know what, the reason I did this, because I felt that Jesus just wanted to tell you that he's pursuing you. Don't know if you know him. Maybe you don't, maybe you do, but that's the reason I did it. Or you pay for someone's groceries. I often laugh at Ricky, because he says, Michelle has got such a compassionate heart. 
that she just spends the whole budget on paying for other people's stuff. And he's like, okay, God, I get that you made Michelle like that, but then can you please give her the money to do it so she doesn't use the money I need to pay for other things. <laughs> but it's, it's natural. It's just living life and looking for those opportunities. Now, Dave, I've got a big question for you. Um, it, it seems like we're helping people just break through some challenges here. Yeah. Yet, we still find it really hard sometimes to do this. What are those barriers and how do we address them? Um, I think, yeah, definitely with sharing the gospel, um, you know, there's, there's barriers I've seen over the years, and I think probably everyone can relate to these. Uh, the first one, of course, is, is, is the fear factor that's there. I, I think all of us feel that fear factor um, because we don't know how the other people are going to react when we share the gospel. Um, I think there's also very much perception in, in certain uh, with society at the moment, and especially in certain work, be it work environments or, you know, with certain friends you're trying to save face with, we're very worried about um, what people think of us. Um, and we, you know, we, we feel that if we had to share, they're going to think we're fanatic or maybe it's not the right time or it's not the right place. Um, and I think sometimes we're also worried that people are going to react badly, but I think definitely that, um, you know, worrying what people are going to think about us. Then I think there's also the barrier very much of, okay, it's fine to have a conversation with someone, but how do we transition from that natural conversation to a spiritual conversation? How do we, how do we bridge that gap? And then thirdly, I think a lot of the time we sometimes feel um, ill-equipped or we feel like we, we're not going to make much of a difference. And a lot of the time, I think we also just feel totally unspiritual. Um, you know, be it sometimes we, we haven't been having our regular quiet time. Uh, we, you know, maybe, you know, do things we shouldn't. And the devil comes and hammers us and we feel that guilt. And we think, oh, well, you know, the devil says, well, who are you to share the message now? Hypocrite. You know, that type of thing. I'm just speaking honestly. But, um, you know... Or maybe it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> Ricky, we should really think about Dave being on the team. I'm worried now. <laughs> but, you know, those are the things. But the first, just in addressing the first thing with fear factor is I believe, obviously, of course, it's the love. If something's important enough, you know, it's going to drive us past that fear factor. And, you know, I, I once or twice in my life have had people shout at me, um, because I try to share the gospel with them. It's really not that bad. I smiled and walked away. And actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that guy again. Um, it's really the worst that can happen is, is not that bad. In a work situation, whenever I've done it, shared it with a really hectic boss. I've never got fired. Um, it's actually always worked out better. And God has backed me up most of the time. Pretty much all of the time, God has always done something. It's not always what I expect, but God always does something when I, when I step out. And, and the thing is, life is way more exciting beyond that fear point. If you do business, what, whatever you do, life's about taking risks. The best part of life, you know, if you want to achieve anything with business in life, whatever it is, sport, you have to take risks. And it's when you take those risks, that's when the really cool stuff happens. Um, obviously, with bridging that gap, I think we just need to be spirit-led and we need to be able to ask questions. 
and we can share a little bit and, and see how it goes when we, you know, bring in spiritual things into a conversation. And when someone mentions, well, I'm not religious, ask them about it. Say, well, why is that the case? What made you think about that? And in a nice way, we can bridge that gap. And it's really about listening and answering, asking questions. No one minds a spiritual conversation as long as you don't do all the talking and don't listen to them. You know, if, if someone's listened, if, if someone's listened to you, they will open up to you, and that's how you transition. And I, I forgot totally what the last point was there um, as I was rabbiting on, but I think the yeah, feeling inadequacy and, and feeling unspiritual, we need to remember regardless of how we feel, we need to believe the promise that Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So even if you don't feel like he's there, his power is within you, his, power, his spirit is upon you, and he wants to do something, and he's going to do something. So you need to have that as regardless of how bad things feel or whatever, you are a child of God, and from that place is where you operate. So. I love that. It's very, getting very practical. One of the things, Dave, that God has given us, and Jesus has put this principle in place when he said, go out. What is a key principle for us when we, when we share the gospel? Okay. Well, yeah, he doesn't have all the, the notes. This is the, the this is a prompting bit. Sorry, but um, uh, we, we, well, one of the things that we've definitely found has made a big difference, um, and you know, obviously being being a, being a married couple and learning to work together, is is really the principle of working as a team, and it's amazing that just when when you work as Christians together, and I've seen it in workplaces. Instead of trying to operate as individual agents, we've actually come together and we've worked together. And it's amazing how people respond. And it's almost like God showed me, it's almost like having individual batteries uh, with a certain charge. There's the Holy Spirit uh, running through them. Uh, but when you get those batteries working together, there's an extra charge. And um, it's amazing the way God has made us different. So each one of us brings different things to the party, but there's definitely amazing power um, when you go out together. And, and when Jesus sent out his disciples, we sometimes gloss over it. When he sent out the 72, he sent them out two by two. And I believe there was a very good reason for that because there's something that happens when we minister together. There's a power there that makes it easier to overcome the barriers and to reach people. I remember a story that I quickly want to share. When we were in Belfast in the streets and the team were ministering, there was a guy on the left and he was having a, a heated conversation with uh, a Mormon evangelist. And maybe 30 minutes into the conversation, he came and he walked up to Heliana uh, and Brian and says, are you guys Christian? And like, yes. He says, can someone just come and help me? I want to have a conversation with this guy, but I feel like I, I need some support. And I said yes, because I knew, I had a sense that God has an appointment. So the two of us went to Costa Coffee with two of these guys. And for two hours, we debated Jesus and the Bible. And at one point, the one guy, the, the one young guy, he was, he was a little bit in the corner with one or two of the things he said. And he said, you know what, I actually need to go and think about that. And, he's, and, and you know what, there was a power in me and Mike, the guy's name was Mike, just sharing together. Lindy, there's also another fun aspect or other benefits to, to being a team. What are the things that you enjoy in ministering as a team? Um, well, I must say just with, with Europe, uh, thinking of Europe and how we ministered there and also with Rest to Reach, what I love about team is just is, is basically seeing all the different parts of the body coming together and functioning as a whole. 
Um, that was amazing to me. Um, and, and just, yeah, if, if you, just the power, the power that flows through you, just, it, it feels to me like a, like a hose pipe being widened and God's power can just flow even stronger if there's more than one. I also think it, it lightens the load. You know, if, you, if you're nervous to go and approach a person, if you have somebody with you, it lightens the load to do that. Um, yeah, and um, I just, I love the team aspect. It, it just, op- really, in this mission, it just opened up to me. It's like, it's, to me, I feel that's, that's the body of Christ. That's how it's supposed to be. You can, I can know Michelle for years as a friend, but when you minister together, there's a new bond that forms, and you, I believe that you actually start seeing that person as the way God sees them. You start, you start seeing them as a, as, a fellow, as a fellow soldier in God's army, and there's just a beautiful thing that happens there. So share with us a couple of stories from your time in, in Europe and how the two of you as a team had some opportunity to minister. Okay. Uh, well, I'll start off. Um, there was, uh, a, when we, we were in Scotland... Uh, we basically went on an evening uh, out with my sister and her work colleagues, uh, which of course um, was a Friday night party and a very inappropriate place to, 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 to speak about the gospel. It was, but it was amazing. I mean, we were there and actually it was my, my sister's boss who we were speaking to. And I noticed as the evening went on, we were sitting opposite each other and we were sitting next to him and he started to make a few uh, comments um, like, because he knew I worked for a church, like, yes, you're royalty, yes, you're, it's funny things, and asking me if I have a long hat and a cloak, and obviously I was taking this, it was just an awesome way that he was curious about it, and asking about it, and just, you know, uh, taunting me a little bit to see my reaction, and um, yeah, I just opened an amazing door, I said, look, I can see you want to ask me about it, so let's start talking about it, and we, we had this amazing conversation where you know, I got to um, to share with him about my journey, about having experiences with God, about how I felt the Christian faith was totally dead, but then I had an encounter with God and walking him through that process. And then, you know, that awesome team dynamic is, is Lindy also getting words of knowledge, uh, things about his family, um, just things that we wouldn't know and, and sharing those with him. And I remember at some point, you know, with all the madness going around us at this, at, at this pub, you know, God was really moving in this guy's heart and, and really working with him. My sister was, was cringing, saying, David, this is my boss. But, um, but I, I, we, 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 you know, we, we, we continued and, and God worked. And, and um, yeah, it was just amazing to see that. And, and, and just the, for me, the combination, you know, that Lindy was sharing stuff with him and even said to us at one point, I, I love the devotion of the two of you and I love, you know, the way I can see the passion in both of you and the way it's working together. And I want that kind of passion. So, yeah. Yeah, I was obviously sitting with a burning question in my mouth. I just wanted to lay my hands on him and pray for him and everything. We didn't quite get to that, but I really felt that um, he, he had an encounter. He, he, saw, he must have seen Jesus through us. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see him again. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so just to go to another story of um, just how God used us together in in our different individual giftings, Uh, the last night at the the tent meeting in Germany, 
we were all very tired and, you know, you just think you don't have anything more to give. There can't be any more words to give. And um, I asked God, okay, Lord, just, you know, is there somebody here that you, you want me to, to speak to, to pray for? And I felt God showing me the color yellow. And, he, and I felt I saw a woman and she's wearing yellow. And I felt God saying that she struggles with um, self-hatred issues, depression and okay, now I'm walking around this tent. There's about five women wearing yellow. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, Lord, really help me here. So I just walked slowly and started praying. And I really felt God draw me to this one lady. And, um, and she was an Indian lady. So I started a conversation. I told her I was part of the team. And um, I told her, she actually told me that she, she's part of this, am I pronouncing it right? Sikh? Sikh religion, um, which is in India. And um, obviously, Dave has amazing uh, experience with India, and uh, part of his wild days, he used to, <laughs> he, he, let's just say he ventured down all kinds of avenues before he got here. <laughs> and um, so, so he has a lot of knowledge about that. So anyway, so now I'm speaking to this girl, and, and she basically told me, which I found amazing, I was just like, this has to be God, this is an open door, she told me that, you know, she's part of the Sikh religion, but she doesn't know why, she saw this tent, and she just wanted to come, she just wanted to come to this tent, so I'm like, yes, this is God, this is God, and um, she actually had another girl next to her, was also an Indian girl, who I could see was like a deer in headlights, she was just like (laughs) a bit freaked out, and um, I told this girl, listen, I really feel God wants me to pray for you for something specific. Come to me afterwards. So the service went on. I didn't really expect her to come, but she did. And I prayed for her. I gave her the word of knowledge, at which time Dave came next to my side. And um, she was totally emotional. She was blown away. And, um, and David could then also, you know, chip in and minister to her on a, on a different level um, about different religions and things. And... He was very clear about things. Um, she, yeah, I think to leave uh, something you grew up with is, 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 not, is not easy. But I really felt that she met with Jesus there. And um, I actually, she actually gave me, normally I wouldn't wear it, but she gave me one of her little bracelets. And I look at it every day, and every day I pray for her. And I believe that, that she's going to turn her life around totally. Lord, we pray for this lady. Now, as a faith community together, we, we trust you, Jesus, that you would come and reveal yourself to her again and again and again until she, too, can confess that you are Lord of her life. We trust you for that in Jesus' name. We pray for, for Dave's sister's boss, Lord, and the conversations they had. Continue to, to intrigue him with your truth until he has a revelation that that is the only truth. We trust you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Dave, that's great. That's Europe. We shared on Thursday night just how we had open doors at every opportunity, how the gospel was shared continuously. How do we do it in South Africa? I guess, is it exactly the same? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd actually say, Pierre, that uh, South Africa is actually even more open than, than Europe. I mean, you, you appreciate um, the just in, in South Africa, wherever you go, people are open to be prayed for. They're open to have conversations. And yes, Europe, I think there was a special grace with, minu- uh, with mission, but with a mission. But, you know, you really realize we've, we, we, we have an amazing open environment here and, and lots of opportunities. 
It's awesome. Yeah. But how do we move away from a, a Sunday or two Sundays into a lifestyle? What, what would you say helped you or could help us move into, now I'm wearing the evangelism hat, it's that Sunday morning, oh, I hope it goes well, you're a little bit scared, into just a way of life. The reason we have moments like this is really to give us a, a kind of, um, to ignite our faith again, ignite our passion. And there's something that happens when we go out together and God works in a powerful way. Um, but obviously it's more there to just kind of get the wheel started or get the thing going a bit faster for our, our lifestyle every day. Um, and I, I really believe the first thing about it is that, you know, evangelism isn't something we do. It comes from who we are. That's great. And, sure. you know, we, I, I've sometimes seen people separate, or in the church world, I think, I, I've done it as well, where we have, you know, God's character and evangelism or ministry on the other side. You can't separate the two. That's great. You do ministry, you do evangelism because of Christ's character. And just as much as you're developing God's character, as you become more Christ-like by being pure, you become more evangelistic. It's part of the nature and character of Christ. So you can't, if you're pursuing Christ, it's naturally going to make you a fisher of men. That character, that love of Christ it's an essential part of his character that he reaches out. So I believe that it's just realizing that is, you know, Ephesians 2.10 says that you've also been made for that. You're his workman, his, uh, his masterpiece, his workmanship created to do good works. So he, it's a natural thing for you. And as we pursue Christ, it's part of who we are. And the second thing with that is to realize that evangelism is not a moment, it's a journey. Um, you know, we go through times where, oh, we're really busy with work. We, we realize we've missed the boat. We're not reaching out, but we, go, we get back on the trail and we look for those opportunities and we minister for people. And I believe it's a commitment, constantly growing as a witness. Uh, there's times where I've gone out and it's gone horrible. You know, things haven't gone as, as planned. But I, say, I cry out to God and I say, God, what happened? What did I miss? Did I miss you, Holy Spirit? But I'm always pursuing God to be a better witness and to connect with people more and to be more effective. And that's what it's about. And then the third thing is, is, is really the fact that, um, you know, a lot of people think evangelism is not for them. They think it's for a certain type of A-type people who are confrontational. And that's not the story it, that's not the way it is at all. Yes, we do have different um, sort of different bends or different strengths that we have. Sometimes quieter people, more reserved people, are much more effective evangelists than quiet people, uh, than, than very loud people. And, you know, I think there's certain expressions like a Sunday morning where we've got different roles. Peers, uh, you know, uh, we are, you know, doing some of the prayer. Lindy's doing the coffee prayer. Uh, Peer is doing the sermon. Someone else is doing the music. But during the week, we all have the same ministry. Re regardless of whether you're the pastor or you're just attending today, during the week, we all have the ministry to build up the body of Christ, to reach people and make disciples. And um, that is what it means when we say every member is a minister. Yes, at certain functions we have different roles, but during the week when we're out in the world, we are all having the same function to reach people and make disciples. Don't you love his passion for this? That's amazing. Uh, he's going to pray for us at the end of this morning. Um, Lindy, I mean, you were always just the type that would run up to people and talk to them 
off the cuff and just tell them about Jesus, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you asking me a question? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just run up to people and speak to them off the cuff, yeah. yeah. You just do that always. You've always done it. Yeah. Mm. Yes, and no. No, I haven't always done so have it. You, how have you made it a lifestyle? That's your question. Okay, now I get you. <laughs> okay, how I've made it a lifestyle is, I think it comes with, you know, it comes with practice. Um, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. The more you do it, uh, for me, obviously, I always ask God, you know, it's, for me, it starts with the Holy Spirit. You know, Lord, who do you want me to speak to today? Who do you want me to reach? If I do that, every, if I start my morning like that, I become more vigilant of it, and I actually do it. Um, also, you, you really, your relationship with God grows, and the way you hear Him grows, and you become more sensitive to His voice, so He can use you more. So if you, whether you this morning asked Him, Lord, show me somebody or not, if you're standing in a queue in checkers, and God speaks to you, you hear His voice. So it's, it's just, I would say, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And it's, it's okay to make mistakes? It's very much okay to make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I haven't made as much as Dave. No, I'm joking. So <laughs> he's almost been punched, but not yet. So um, no, you, you do make mistakes. And it's once again just, just being natural about it. And, you know, sometimes you do have a word and you are right and you desperately want to share it with this person. And yes, they... They should actually hear it, but if they, you know, we have free will. God gave us free will. We always have a choice. If that person says, no, I don't want prayer, you can't do anything about it. And you say, listen, bless you, have a nice day. That's, that's all you can do. Um, I love both of them said this, Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, I like that word, created in Christ Jesus, our position is secure for good works. What are we created for? For good works. We are a chosen race, a royal people, not full stop, to proclaim the excellencies. You see, there's always, it's the starting point and the, it's the what's backing us and what we're going with. It's our position and the proclamation. The launching is that we are chosen royal, we are masterpieces, and we are created for a very set purpose, and that's to proclaim for good works. And I love this, which he prepared for us beforehand. He prepared the boss at the table. He prepared the sick lady beforehand. And there's so many stories we can share that we may walk in them. And that's that prayer every morning. God, show me my good works. I want to find them. You've set them up. I just want to walk in them. That's how simple it is to simply do evangelism and to just reach one. Dave, give us one final encouragement to get us amped and excited for next Sunday. Okay. No pressure. I go back to that, um, you know, what we talked about is the love of God, is the fact that, that God's love is, um, you know, God really loves people so much, and he desperately, you know, he's created people, and I think we need to change the way we look at people. Um, so often we go through our day, and, and, and if someone doesn't have anything to do with our lives, we kind of, we overlook them, and God wants us to see those people. And that's what he said, when the, 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 the field is ripe unto harvest, the fields are ripe unto harvest, there's many people who are desperate for some kind of answer, who are desperate for peace, who are desperate for their heavenly father. And I think if we open our hearts to that, 
you know, God said he, through the Holy Spirit, he's going to pour it in our hearts. But what I'll give you is just one encouragement before I talk too much is, is really just to tap into the love of God and let that, let that drive you. Let that be your motivation. Let's give them a hand. In light of everything that we shared this morning, um, the way I want to describe it is, imagine you're in a, in, a, in a boxing arena, and sometimes that's how life feels, right? We're in this match, it's just happening. But there's a moment where something is up in front of you, or your opponent, or whatever it is, and, and you can see this boxer just leaning back, or maybe it's more wrestler, into, leaning back into the sides, like a kitty, just pulling back and then being launched to be able to act. That's what the cross is. The fact that we reminded ourselves of the cross this morning is our fuel, our launching pad, our, our kitty that's pulled back to which we lean into and from there we get shot out to share this message. That is, we really think about this next few weeks, next Sunday, and just taking this to our workplaces, to wherever we find ourselves, Let's lean into the cross and let be, that become our launch again this morning. Uh, there's a scripture I love in the book of Acts where the apostles are in front of the council and it says that the council were deeply annoyed with them. They didn't like what they said, how some of us feel or when we share the gospel with people, like they don't quite like what we say. Deeply annoyed. And then they said, okay, tell us your story. And they shared the gospel and it says... And then they were astonished at their wisdom because they identified that they have been with Jesus. That's the fuel, that's the fire, that's the leaning back that launches us into this world. Because it doesn't matter what we say, if we miss it, if we don't do it perfectly, if people can see that we have been with Jesus, their annoyance will change into being astonished because of this fact that we are proclaiming an excellent kingdom of an excellent king.